You are listening to the Kathy Lee Parker Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today, we're going to be talking about, yes, the coronavirus. And with me in the studio, I have Dr. Dean Finelli. Welcome, Dean, to my show. Hello, good to join you. Yes, it's nice to have you here. And uh, explain a little bit about you. You're out of Washington, D.C. Tell me a little bit about you so my audience know. Yeah, I'm an attorney, a patent and transactional attorney in the Washington, D.C. area at the law firm Cooley LLP. I focus on pharma and biotech uh, transactions, and I help companies work in front of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office to protect their inventions uh, in front of the U.S. Food and Drug Administration to uh, get approval for their inventions. And I also do transactional work uh, between companies, uh, company-to-company transactions, license agreements, that type of work. Uh, and uh, I've also co-founded three biotechnology companies, one of which is a um, is developing a, a vaccine for the COVID virus uh, currently. Mm-hmm. That is, that's good. We need somebody like you, and we need more of you. <laughs> out there have you been on any of the like fox or cnn news you know talking about this pandemic that's happening in the united states yeah i've been on several tele yeah i've been on several television and radio stations i kind of do this um you know i'm not promoting a book or anything like that i just feel like you know there's a lot of people out there that are confused and i when i was talking to personal friends and family members uh, they were telling me how, you know, they just thought this was being developed too quickly as it relates to the vaccines and didn't know really about the virus. So I kind of just do this as an educational uh, campaign just to tell people, you know, what's going on with the vaccines, what's going on with the virus, and just to inform people, not to tell them what to do, but more to just educate people uh, since I have a, this is an area that I I know a little bit about. So uh, more to educate people so they can make informed decisions when it comes to the vaccine and understanding uh, the, the virus. Mm-hmm. What is the current status, um, statute of the pandemic in the United States? Yeah, so, so far in the United States, I mean, it's the, the virus has been around for about a year now uh, in the U.S. and spreading. Uh, we've had about 28 million cases in the U.S., and unfortunately, about 480,000 deaths, um, you know, and that kind of tracks, you can imagine the the states that have been hardest hit are California, Texas, Florida, New hey, York, you know, those larger Nola states. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, we have the two authorized vaccines now, so I'm optimistic that, you know, the, the numbers will start improving, but we're still kind of in that area where uh, we have some ways to go before we kind of get this under control. Oh, don't we? I know everybody's trying to go back to normal, but I think it's going to be a whole new area of normal. Do you agree? You know, I do agree with you. I think I think we had an opportunity to kind of get our hands around this quickly last spring, you know, March, April timeframe when this was just starting to spread in the U.S. Um, and, and we didn't do as good a job as we could have. Uh, But it's, you know, not really fair to just look at the U.S. because this is a global pandemic. It's spreading around the world. 
you know, we're a globalized economy. We're a globalized society. Uh, and obviously that's how the virus spread. But, you know, so to answer your question, you know, getting back to normal, uh, I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to get back to where we were pre-pandemic anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll be able to adapt to that new normal. Uh, and what I mean by that is, you know, hopefully uh, it won't be too cumbersome. You know, wearing masks will probably, for the foreseeable future, still be uh, in the realm of what's considered normal activity, mm-hmm. social distancing, and, you know, just having a heightened sense of, you know, health and awareness of health. Uh, but, you know, I think one of the things I'm optimistic about is I think this, you know, we should view this as an opportunity to, you know, how we treat health and how we deal with health in this country. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we're kind of, when you think of where we are now, we're very reactive, you know, when it comes to uh, administering therapeutic drugs, um, you know, oftentimes we wait for people to get sick. But I mean, I think there's a, an opportunity here to look at the health care in this country and use this as an opportunity to maybe say, okay, let's be a little more reactive. Let's, you know, get healthier. Let's explain to people what they can do in their lives uh, instead of, you know, treating people once they're sick, but actually using health, healthy means like vitamins, exercise, just healthy living overall to kind of prevent a lot of the ailments that are out there uh, ahead of time before we get to the uh, point where we have to administer therapeutics. Mm-hmm. I just uh, off the subject there, I um, have a few friends who got the virus and I hate to say it, they were men. I don't know any women yet and they are athletic. They worked out, they went to the gym they did, and they got the virus. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point because, uh, you know, we know that people over 65, people with uh, comorbidities are the highest risk. uh, And that's what makes up, you know, a big portion of the deaths in this country. But certainly, as you just pointed out, this is not a virus that is limited to only those people. Certainly healthy people uh, who have are very healthy, who work out, who live very healthy lives, do get sick, and not only do they get sick, they, they die, and they get sick uh, with severe forms of the uh, severe symptoms. So, you know, it's a, it's a good point to make that people should not take this lightly. You may think, you know, you're young, you're healthy, that it won't affect you, but please, you know, take this seriously, because I know personally people that similarly were young, were relatively healthy, worked out, and they got the virus, and they wound up in bed, you know, for several weeks, they wound up losing a lot of weight. Uh, thank God none of them, you know, got sick where they had to go in the hospital, but, uh, you know, they, they were severely ill for quite some time. So it's it's a virus that can affect anyone, no matter how old or young you are. And more importantly, even if you are one of those young people that get it and you, you fight it off mm-hmm. uh, and it doesn't really affect you, whether you have asymptomatic version of the infection or just mild symptoms, you know, think about other people. You could still spread it to someone else, a family member, an older member uh, of the community or an older relative. So, you know, please take this seriously. It is a, it's, it's a virus that we still don't understand and it does, doesn't discriminate against age or race or, uh, and we've seen a lot of politicization of this, you know, Republicans and Democrats can get it. So just uh, take it very seriously. Oh, my Lord. 
Yeah, my associates or good friends, um, they got it really bad. One of them went into the hospital. I mean, these are men that are athletic. And I, I'm like, what? And they take one of them sells a vitamin, nutrition vitamins. And, and he got really super sick. This is in the beginning when the virus was, you know, people were going to the hospital. And he got so bad and he did lost weight and everything. He's great now. He did what, you know, he was told to do. And he was in there for quite a long time for 21 days and, and so on and so on. And but the other one too, um, he got sick, but he was home for 14 days. He got back on his feet and he did what the doctors told him to do. And, uh, but yeah, this is, I think everybody knows somebody who's got the virus now. It's like the cold, you know? We know somebody who had it. Yeah, that's right. I mean, like I said, there's been almost 30 million cases in the U.S., so about 10% of the population, a little under, has gotten it. And, you know, I I agree. I mean, most of us know family or friends that have gotten this. Mm -hmm. How many vaccinations are authorized? So currently there are two authorized vaccines, uh, one by Pfizer, which is uh, Pfizer and BioNTech, and a second by Moderna Therapeutics. Uh, These are both what's called mRNA vaccines, uh, and uh, everyone's probably heard that there there are two-shot vaccines. Uh, The Pfizer vaccine, uh, you get your first shot, you come back three weeks later, and about a week after that second shot is when you hit that 95% effectiveness number. Uh, with Moderna, it's also a two-shot vaccine. You get your first shot, you come back 28 days later, and about two weeks after that second shot is when uh, you'll hit that 95% efficacy that we've heard in the news reported uh, according to the trials. Mm-hmm. So these are the two authorized vaccines. Uh, so far, um, they've, there's been uh, about 20, between 20 and 25 million of the of each of the vaccines administered, uh, I believe Pfizer is around 23 million and Moderna is about 20 million or so. So uh, in the U.S., about 43 million people have been vaccinated. They've re- received at least one dose, and uh, of that, about 10 million people have received two doses. Uh, and as far as distribution goes, uh, there's been about 65 million doses distributed in the U.S. Uh, and on average, we're looking at about 1.5 million people getting vaccinated each day. So that has to be a little higher. You know, the more we vaccinate, the higher that number goes, the quicker we'll hit that herd immunity. Uh, but, you know, we're getting there. About two weeks ago, we were under a million shots per day. Now we're over or about 1.5. So uh, we're progressing. Uh, we're learning from the mistakes and these public health systems in the states uh, are adapting to problems that they've seen, that limited distribution, and more importantly, limited administration. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was 65 or older, which one of these should I take? You know, if I went to go get a shot of vaccination, which one would you recommend for someone over 65 or 70? Yeah, and those high-risk groups, that's the, the highest priority. They're the, they're the people that are eligible at this point. So at this point, it's uh, healthcare workers, people in nursing homes, mm-hmm. and mo- many states have uh, made it people over 65, uh, teachers in some states, and um, even uh, store people that work in grocery stores. But you know, as far as I know, when I look at the data, both of them to me 
uh, are equally effective and will save lives. So if you put either of them, either of them in front of me, uh, I would take either one. Uh, at this point, we're, people aren't going to have a choice. It's kind of whatever one is in your area is the one you get. Mm-hmm. And but, uh, but like I said, as far as I'm concerned, uh, each of these two is equally effective, very safe, uh, and I would take either one. Mm, yes. Okay, that's good. That's good to know. And, um, yeah, because I got some friends that are over the age of 65, 70, remember some of my neighbors, and I think they are going in or have gone in and got their shots or found a, you know, found a place that's doing it for them. Mm-hmm. And uh, does this cost anything? Are they charging for the shots, or do you think they are? No, so people, people should not have to pay for the shots. Uh, you know, they can ask you for your insurance and your insurance could cover it. But if you don't have insurance, uh, you should not be turned away because uh, of cost. So no one should be charged for the administration. Uh, the, the government's handling that. There could be, um, you know, an administrative fee, a very small administrative fee, I've heard in certain areas. But as far as I know, most I've, I've, not, I've not talked to anyone that has had to pay for that. But as far as your question... Do you have to pay to get the vaccine? The answer is no. And uh, have you got it yet? Did you get it, Dean? I have not gotten it. I'm not uh, in that highest priority group yet. Uh, I would suspect, you know, I'm kind of in that just general public, uh, you know, that's not in a high priority group. But I think for the general public, we'll start seeing this rolled out, um, you know, for people 18 to kind of 60 that weren't in those high priority groups uh, sometime in the April, May time frame. Oh, oh, that's good. And do you believe that it's going to be recommend to have the shot before getting employment or work anywhere? Well, especially in the health industry, but, you know, do you think it's going to be recommended to have that? Yeah, that's a good question. So the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission put out guidelines uh, where they said employers can mandate uh, that their employees do receive the, the vaccine. Uh, and, you know, employees, of course, if you have a health condition under the American with Disabilities Act, you know, you could be exempt. Or if you have um, an employer would also have to make a, a reasonable accommodation. So, for example, if, if you didn't want to get the vaccine and your job allowed you to maybe not be in the public facing realm, uh, then, you know, your, your employer or you can, for example, work from home. Uh, your employer could make a reasonable accommodation, but uh, generally speaking, you know, if you're a healthcare worker, as you pointed out, or uh, you can even imagine, you know, restaurant workers uh, mm-hmm. that deal with the public, uh, there in those industries, certainly uh, employers may mandate uh, people getting the vaccine. Now, I haven't heard uh, of anyone outside of the healthcare and nursing home industries being mandated, but uh, generally speaking, you know, it is there is precedent and. Uh, employers can require that their employees uh, generally get the the vaccine. That's good. Yeah, yeah, I have a feeling it's going to be recommended everywhere, you know, especially even when you go see a doctor, you know, and if you haven't had it done, they're going to tell you, do you want to get the shot? You know, it's going to be um, universal, you know, especially traveling, going anywhere. um, It's going to be recommended. You know, I would feel safe, <laughs> you know. Someone yeah, and, and I, I agree with you. And you think 
if you think about this, a lot of us travel overseas. You know, if you go to, the, for example, the, you know, the Caribbean or go to Canada for vacation or go to Europe, uh, you know, that in areas going to other countries, especially getting into other countries, there may be that requirement as well. So we have to kind of think of this globally. It may not be uh, solely a U.S. mandate, <clears throat> excuse me, but it, it could be, you know, just to do things to travel internationally, uh, it may be required as well. Mm-hmm. What does it, what do you, what do we mean by herd immunity? Yeah, so herd immunity is, herd, yeah. um, is that it's basically a number of people enough people have been vaccinated so that the virus can't spread so if you imagine you know when we talk about herd immunity in this country we're talking about vaccinating somewhere in the realm of around 75 to 85 percent of the country uh and that amounts to about you know 250 to 280 million americans and like i said basically what you're thinking when you say herd immunity is Let's say I walk into a room and I'm infected. If if the majority of that room uh, is already has been vaccinated and has immunity, then there's nowhere for the virus to spread. So that's a way to contain it. So uh, that's what we're generally thinking of when we talk about herd immunity. And uh, we've heard Dr. Fauci say, uh, who's been kind of the lead for the last uh, over a year on this, uh, say that uh, probably you know herd will hit herd immunity and have enough vaccinations administered sometime in the August to September timeframe in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my listeners are asking, how many doses of the authorized vaccination have been distributed? They want to know that again. Yeah, so uh, there's been about 65 million doses of in the U.S. distributed and about 43 million administered. Uh, and recall, they are two-dose uh, vaccinations. So to get that full immunity, you need to come back for the second dose, at least for the two authorized, currently authorized vaccines. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I know somebody who got it done, and he goes, Kathy, my arm's kind of sore. I felt like I got sucked in the, <laughs> the shoulder. And um, But anyway, and he said he felt a little week for three days but you know other than that he kicked it off so that was his little side effect yeah most people you know when you talk about side effects people will have uh you know that injection site pain a little soreness now uh i've talked to people that have had it and uh they said it's a little little more severe than the flu shot uh but you know it's just kind of that muscle tenderness soreness Mm -hmm. Uh, a small percentage of people under 20 percent of the people uh, we'll have maybe 24 hours of flu-like symptoms of uh, fever, muscle aches, uh, and similar um, side effects, and that's kind of related to the body's immune response. And you know, you may have heard uh, very, very few people. I think it's you know somewhere around 12 to 15 people in the U.S. have had severe allergic reactions. Um, these are you know the type of people that would have to have Benadryl or epinephrine to calm their immune systems. But again, when you think about um, the fact that we've had 43 million doses administered and only about 12 people have gotten those severe allergic reactions, you know, that people should not worry about that. That's very, very uncommon. And uh, after you get the vaccine, uh, they monitor you for 15 minutes. And if you, and these people that had 
that severe allergic reaction have had a history of allergic reactions, uh, is my understanding. So if you tell them you have a history of allergic reactions to vaccines, um, they will monitor you for 30 minutes. And typically those severe allergic reactions are very immediate. It's not the type of thing where, you know, you would come back or you would get the vaccine and then, you know, a day later or two days later, you'd have that reaction. Those severe reactions that require Benadryl are, are happen often very quickly. Mm. And again, they're very, very rare. Good. That's good to know. And, uh, you know, for us older people that um, they are out there, you know, are concerned and worried, you know, because they haven't had a have a shot, you know, so especially those who don't travel overseas. You know, when you travel overseas in the United States, you go to India or something like that or foreign country, you do get all these shots. So to go over there. But this is just be another thing to add to the list. When it, especially when it comes to traveling. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but have you got the shot yet? Did you oh yeah, that's right, you did not get it because you're not at the the age or <laughs> right right yeah like I'm not in that, not in that age yet yeah. but but if i was I, w- I would get the shot as soon as i'm eligible i am going to get it and whichever one's available i'll get uh, i think they're all very effective mm-hmm. and they're all very safe i'm gonna go get one this weekend i thought about it i thought it was weird because you came you know as a listing to get on the show and i thought oh i need to talk to him because I'm going to go this weekend to get my shot and well, my first round. But anyway, just to be on the safe side, um, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I, you know, and I, this is something that bothers me. If I heard, I don't know if it's true or false, but they're saying there's people walking around who have the virus but have no symptoms. I'm like, what? And they can pass it on. Is that true? Yeah, that's, that's true. And that's, that's one of the big issues with this virus and that's why it's been so difficult to get under control because of the asymptomatic transmission and you know that's why it's so important uh that people wear that mask because you can be completely healthy uh and completely asymptomatic but have be infected with the virus uh it's i think it's about a week uh between you know being infected and actually showing symptoms that you could have this asymptomatic transmission so it's very important uh, to remember to wear your mask because even if you're feeling well, you could still be infected and you could be, uh, you transmit the virus to others. And, um, you know, that kind of dovetails into another point that even after you get vaccinated, you should still wear your mask because uh, the, the vaccines, uh, we're still studying them and we're, it doesn't look like the vaccines provide 100% effectiveness from transmission of the virus. Uh, we're still, we don't know the exact answer to that question yet, but mm-hmm. uh, even after you're vaccinated, uh, the vaccines prevent the severe symptoms, the moderate symptoms, uh, so prevent you from getting the symptoms, but that doesn't mean they, they prevent you from getting infected. So you can still, after you get the vaccine, become infective, be asymptomatic, and potentially pass it on to someone else. So that's why it's very critical to, even after you're vaccinated, uh, wear that face mask and practice that social distancing. Mm, interesting. And could, could, yeah, do you think there's a good chance that, um, say that somebody does, is walking around with it, but they go in and get the shot, would they have any side effects? Or would they, do you think? Pro- probably, 
Um, you know, probably just the mild side effects. I don't think if you're, if you're infected with it, uh, you know, I think people should, even if you had it in the past, I think you should still get the vaccine. So there's no problem uh, if you're currently infected, um, you know, and, and for example, if you're in the hospital uh, getting the vaccine or if you're, uh, if you've previously had been infected, uh, you shouldn't think that you're immune. So you, you're not going to get the vaccine. You should still get the vaccine because it's a matter of how long that memory response and that immunity lasts. Uh, we still don't have the answer to that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, originally, I think people were thinking, um, you know, when we talk about natural immunity, meaning you've gotten the virus, you've built up immunity, how long will that immunity last? People were thinking it would be about eight months uh, based on the studies, but, uh, you know, we're still determining what that is and those numbers are. So uh, it's really critical that even if you've had the vaccine, don't think that you're, you're out of the woods. You still, A, remember, wear that mask, uh, but B, also, uh, if, if you're eligible, get or when you're eligible, get that vaccination as well. Mm-hmm. Good. That's good to know. And what do you think about Europe? Because I know, like, in London and Paris and stuff, they have a huge issue over there still. And do you think their vaccinations are being spread over there so they can help them? Yeah, so the UK especially is dealing with that uh, that B one one seven strain, which is uh, uh, more transmissible. So they're they're uh, getting hit pretty hard over there. But certainly, uh, the vaccination is going to be rolled out throughout the world, and uh, countries in Europe uh, and throughout the world uh, will be getting uh, vaccinated. Now, uh, the US has particular vaccines that. Uh, it's it has ordered um, and you know certain foreign countries may get different vaccines certain uh, vaccines are being developed in Russia in China in India so there's there's many different vaccines being developed uh, and the US already has its um, orders placed to get its vaccines mm-hmm. interesting interesting yeah I know a lot of people who travel to Canada a lot you know there's a lot of Canadians here and stuff, but uh, it may be a little slow in some of these countries, but they seem to come over here to get the vaccination quicker and faster, especially the older older people. I notice that. So, because it's through some friends here for are Canadian, and their parents are coming over here and seeing if they can get the shot, you know, faster. So, but sure. anyway, yeah, that's good. Anything to to help. What about children? Do you think children should be getting the shot, you know, recommended for children? So at this point, uh, the trials that were done were done in adults uh, 18 and over. Um, uh, typically, when you run these clinical trials, and, and just to be clear, any all these vaccines that are the two authorized vaccines, as well as other vaccines that are being authorized, they will all have undergone clinical trials to make sure they're safe and effective. Mm -hmm. Uh, In those clinical trials, they typically uh, will start with healthy people, 18 to 55-year-olds. Here, uh, we obviously know that people over the age of 65 uh, were at higher risk, so they expanded out the trial to uh, administer it to people in that high-risk category. Uh, Pfizer has also uh, expanded it out to lower age, uh, so I think the last I, I saw, 
that trials were going on in children as young as 12 years old. Uh, so uh, children are always a special class whenever you think of therapeutics or, in this case, vaccines. So there, there has to be special trials uh, that involve children. And um, so I, I, to answer your question, I do think children should be vaccinated. But at this point, we're going to have to wait until uh, the trials show that it's safe for children because we tend to view children as little adults, but, you know, their biology is different. And, you know, especially when you think about this as a, a respiratory disease, uh, their, their, you know, respiratory pathways are a lot smaller. So it kind of makes sense that we want to do trials uh, to make sure that these vaccines that are safe and effective in adults are also safe and effective in children. So uh, I would imagine that sometime over the summer, um, you know, we'll start seeing authorizations for uh, administration to children, uh, because certainly we got to get kids back into school in a safe manner. Mm -hmm. Yes, like have it before they go to school or remember. Oh, I you know, we probably don't remember. Um, I'm I'm older, so I remember standing in line in my elementary school and getting some shot before I can, you know, enter into first grade. You know, kindergarten was okay, but first grade and these vaccination shots fascination shots and uh and then going home and have a bruise on my arm but i remember yeah. those days and some of them were like two or three shots and uh before i can even enter first grade you know grammar school or and if i moved to a different state which my parents did one time when we had to get certain shots just because we moved but um it was like i think one but anyway i remember those days and I wasn't a happy camper as a kid, but um, but I didn't feel sick or nothing. I just had a bruised arm. <laughs> but uh, I think that may happen. That may bring back some of the vaccinations for children, especially going into first grade. Yeah, and we still have those protocols today about, uh, you know, children getting into, obviously, public school uh, as well as private school where they have to be vaccinated. Uh, against all that standard uh, vaccinations that children get. Uh, but I could imagine that at some point, uh, you know, if necessary, there could be an annual coronavirus vaccine as well for adults mm -hmm. and children. Yeah, yeah, until we're for the next couple years. I hate to say that because it takes a long time to get everybody. It's just not going to happen all in one year. Do you agree? Yeah, I, I do, because, you know, when you think about this, we, we were talking about getting to herd immunity by, you know, the August, September time frame. But, you know, we're certainly hearing about different variants that are circulating in South Africa, in Brazil and, and in the UK. Uh, and now they're here in the U.S. So, uh, you know, this I, I do believe that this coronavirus is here to stay. Uh, we're not going to even though the U.S. may start to get back to some. Uh, some sense of normalcy um, in the fall. Mm -hmm. uh, I do believe that, you know, we're not, it's not going to be completely eradicated. We have, you know, if you imagine a country like India where there's a, a billion and a half people, it's going to take a lot longer to get that country vaccinated. And uh, certainly people travel all the time. And uh, so, you know, I think this is here for the, at least the foreseeable future. Why is it a hold on like South Africa? You know, what's what's happening with these, you know, other countries like Brazil and South Africa? 
Yeah, they uh, so there there are different variants that are circulating there, and they're in a much higher percentage there. They're becoming dominant strains, uh, and you know we're still trying to figure out whether the uh, the current vaccines are effective against these new variants. It looks like uh, I read that the Pfizer vaccine will be effective, but I heard uh, just today that uh, in South Africa they said that they're halting the distribution or administration of the AstraZeneca vaccine uh, because uh, they did a small study uh, that said it may not be effective against that variant. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, luckily in the U.S., the U.S. Food and Drug Administration is quite literally the gold standard when it comes to approval and authorization of drugs and vaccines. Uh, There's not only does the U.S. Food and Drug Administration look at the data they have external committees that look at the data. So really, um, you know, when you look at the U.S., uh, we, we should really trust that, you know, the information comes. Now, no one can say 100 percent certain, but at least from the data that's, that, that, that we have so far, uh, that these vaccines that we have that are authorized and the ones coming through the pipeline, particularly the Johnson & Johnson, uh, are, are, appear to be very safe uh, and are very effective. Mm-hmm. I spotted that like your local um, stores like Walgreens in the United States and I think maybe Walmart pharmacies that are starting to step forward and offer the, you know, vaccinations. So I just heard about it and then I read a little bit but, and I thought, oh, that's good. So there's not these long lines at the clinics. Yeah, that's that's right. They're starting to get local pharmacies involved in the administration. Uh, I was at a local pharmacy and it wasn't available yesterday and it wasn't available there yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, I have heard that a lot of states are starting to get their local pharmacies involved in a similar manner that the flu vaccines administered uh, just to kind of get this rollout moving a lot quicker. And I suspect uh, once the Johnson & Johnson vaccine is authorized, uh, assuming that the, these committees do authorize it, uh, that we'll start we'll start seeing the numbers get a lot better. The administrations will go up, uh, the distribution will go up, and of course the the number these numbers of hospitalizations and hopefully the numbers of deaths will start to go down. Mm-hmm. I get it again. Um, these people who already had the coronavirus, uh, is their immune system okay or? Um, so, you know, there, there's uh, that's a good question, and there's a couple parts to that. So, uh, if you've already had it, um, you know, you you will have some immunity, but it's a matter of how long that immunity will last. And uh, so that's why I was mentioning earlier that if you've had the virus, um, you know, you you'll have immunity, but you should still wear your mask, uh, and more importantly, if you're eligible to get the vaccine, you should still get the vaccine. You shouldn't think that you have that natural immunity, so you're okay. Uh, the other part of that is, you know, people that have been infected with the virus are experiencing, even after they recover, some long-term adverse effects, whether it's, you know, in their lungs, uh, fatigue, uh, or in their, you know, cardiac muscle. Uh, so, Another reason why, you know, going back to your earlier point, talking about healthy people that get sick, another reason why uh, you don't want to mess around with this virus and take it for granted, because even if you, even people that do recover, some of them 
do have long lasting symptoms where they're even a month or two months later, they still don't feel a hundred percent. Okay. One more question. And we heard it earlier in the show. People are asking, will we go back to normal after getting the, sh the vaccination? Would they be able to, do they still need to wear their mask? And I say yes on the mask, but, uh, would they be able to go back to being normal? Yeah, unfortunately, uh, you know, you, after you're vaccinated, you're still going to have to wear the mask. You're not really going to go back to normal uh, yet until we hit that herd immunity, because uh, when you think about the way the trials were run, the trials were run to see uh, to prevent to see if the vaccines prevent the symptoms of the virus. Um, and the two authorized vaccines are highly effective in doing that. Mm -hmm. uh, but when we think about that, what that means is it doesn't necessarily mean that you're being prevented from becoming infected. It's just a matter of if you're infected, you won't experience those severe or moderate or mild symptoms. Now, uh, what that boils down to is even after you're vaccinated, uh, you know, you or you could still be have infection and you could still transmit it so to transmit the virus so that's why you know you'll you'll be protected from those severe symptoms but unfortunately you won't won't be back to normal in the sense that you'll still have to wear the mask you'll still have to social distance because you potentially could still get the virus and you could still spread it to others so sad so sad um what about those who are critically ill in the hospital, they have like a cancer or something like that, and they haven't had the shot, and it's not on their list, could they, could a doctor admit them to have the shot? Or that it's just... Uh, yeah, certainly, if you're in a, a critical care situation and uh, you, you're you're in a hospital and that you could, your doctor can certainly, uh, you would be eligible uh, if you're one of those, you know, high-risk people. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so, and I, I would imagine, you know, depending on the type, the, the age of the patient and the severity of the disease, your, your doctor could, uh, off, uh, have you get the vaccine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, with this vats, you know, vats, you know, vats, you know, this shot that we're going to be getting soon, I can't even get it out of my mouth, but the shot that we're going to be getting pretty soon, coronavirus shot, um, do you th is it more, what's in it, like, would it help keep our immune system high, you know what I mean, keep it as more healthy, more vitamin D, um, you know, what's, what's really into this stuff? I mean, that makes me a little nervous. You know, I don't want to get sick, sick. Does that make sense? Yeah, a lot of people are are concerned about this. So the two authorized vaccines are what's called mRNA vaccines. Uh, mRNA is, well, to back up, when you think about a vaccine, you're typically, you know, we talked about childhood vaccines and vaccinations. You're typically thinking of either a, a weakened version of a virus, a dead version of the virus, or a surface protein that's indicative of the virus that would uh, promote that immune response to that pathogen. Now, in the case of the, the currently authorized vaccines, these are mRNA vaccines. So mRNA is the precursor to the protein. So okay. you've, you've probably seen that picture of the 
of the virus, with having those red protrusions that are colored red, the spike protein, that is the protein that these vaccines target. And they basically use the mRNA, which is the precursor to that protein. They inject that mRNA into the body, and then your body's molecular machinery forms that spike protein, and then you generate an immune response to that. Uh, these, there's never been an mRNA vaccine approved before, uh, so I understand people's skepticism, but what people should understand is, A, both of these mRNA vaccines, and all vaccines for that matter, are going, going through thorough clinical trials. Uh-huh. And with regard specifically to these two vaccines, the mRNA technology has been studied for decades. So it's not as if it's a new technology per se. Uh, this technology is going back into the 90s. Uh, and, you know, it's been studied uh, for many, many years uh, in, in, in animals, uh, in vitro studies, uh, as well as in clinical trials um, for other disorders. So the mRNA, it doesn't enter the nucleus of your body, uh, so you don't have to worry about it affecting your, your DNA or your genes. Okay. And it only sticks around in the body for about 24 hours or so. So it's out of your body pretty quickly. Uh, it does generate that spike protein, uh, which would generate that immune response. So, uh, you know, it's a good question. With regard to the vitamins you, you recommended, uh, I think that goes to another point about healthcare. I think it's important for people to take vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, and the B vitamins just to, to be healthy generally. And certainly I, I've seen studies that show uh, that they do, they are, they do work to prevent sickness. I think everyone has seen or read information like that. So even if you're healthy, um, you know, you should take vitamins, especially vitamin C and vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I highly recommend it, especially the older you get too. And, and if you're athletic or go, like to go jogging or be outdoors more, you should be making sure you take your vitamins anyway. And, uh, and, and drink a good protein drink. <laughs> But anyway, um, this has been really interesting, and uh, I'm glad that you came on my show. Is there anything that you want to give out, information that if anybody wanted to talk to you or more in depth with this coronavirus that we're having here? Uh, sure. I'm gonna, Like I said, I'm an attorney in Washington, D.C. at Cooley uh, LLP. If people want to look me up, they can look me up, Dean Finelli. Uh, at cooley.com or look on the website and I'm happy to answer any questions. Okay, that's good to know. And uh, I think a lot of people are going to go get the shots. Um, I saw on the news in locally here in Utah and especially the West Coast that the elderly are having trouble getting in to get the shots. You know what I mean? They're like, well, wait a minute. You know, these younger people are jumping ahead of them. And uh, I highly recommend, please let the older people get in first. Please, the elderly. They need to get taken care of, you know. Um, I agree with you 100%. I want them around. (laughs) You know, they educate us very, very well. But anyway, um, this has been a really exciting show, um, especially the topic that we're talking about. is very concerned on many people's mind. 
I I hear this a lot, the normal, but I don't think it'll be years before we go back to being really normal because I think everybody will get the shot, you know, vaccination, you know, by then. I think it's not going to all happen by fall. You know, I think it's going to go into the next couple of years. That's just my philosophy because, look, there's so many people. You yeah, know? that's that's. You're probably right, unfortunately. I mean, to get on an airplane nowadays, too, we'll probably have to show something that we had the shot. You know what I mean? So you can sit comfortably in the airplane instead of it wearing a mask. Right. I've heard people talking about that. You know, I mean, you're in a uh, tight funnel there with everybody. And, <laughs> you know, or even if you fly private, you know what I mean? You still want to make sure you're taken care of because you never know what you touch, you know. And... um so tell me anything new, anything new that you know about, that you read about today, this morning or anything in the next past 24 hours that you can give us a heads up on? Uh, well, the Johnson & Johnson has submitted its data for authorization of its vaccine, and uh, it looks like if, based on the preliminary data, uh, it looks very effective and very safe. You know, we've heard numbers that it's not as effective as the two authorized vaccines, but uh, we have to keep that in perspective. It's 85% effective in preventing severe disease and hospitalization. So uh, even though you may look at the numbers and think it's not as good, uh, it's a one-shot vaccine, so it's a little easier. Uh, you don't have to come back for the second vaccine, or excuse me, the second vaccination. Uh, and also it could be stored at normal refrigerator temperatures, so it's a lot easier to store but most importantly, it will save lives. And again, if, if it were me and someone put the Pfizer, the Moderna, or the Johnson & Johnson, I would take any three of them because I think they're all very effective and very safe. Mm -hmm. So what is the J&J vaccination? I know so you uh, Johnson & Johnson. Oh, that, that's what, <laughs> okay, I was wondering yeah, what you meant by that. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, particularly Janssen, their biologic unit. Okay, that's good, that's good. And that will be coming out probably, what, in the next three months to the public? Uh, even sooner. It could, be, it could be the next couple of weeks. Whoa, maybe I'll wait for that. I hate going back for shots. I hate shots. <laughs> I don't know about anybody with that needle. Like, what? You're going to put it where? <laughs> you know, I just ugh, don't like needles. But anyway, um, and I heard it just poke you in the arm and the way you go. But anyway, but yeah, I want, yeah, I want to wait for the J and maybe I'll wait for that, you know, be cautious more. But I think I'll wait for the Johnson and Johnson because I just want that one shot. And I'm worried, a little concerned that, you know, maybe in a couple years, like even like five years or so after getting the shot that I may have to go back for a redo. <laughs> Do you think that's going to happen in the future? It, it could be. It could be similar to the flu vaccine where we have an annual flu and an annual coronavirus vaccine. Uh, hopefully, you know, I, I agree with your comment about not making, not liking uh, shots. So maybe it'll be a single combination shot. So we only have to get one. Yeah, especially like the flu shot, you know. And right. uh, But anyway, this has been really exciting and interesting show and um, upbeat so that people understand about the coronavirus and the the vats the vaccinations that are out there to help them yeah i was at a um meeting a networking meeting and just walked past somebody and the next you know it i heard he 
got tested positive for the uh, coronavirus. I'm like, what? He looks, you know, it's just it's scary nowadays. You know, do I have to yeah, wear so double masks? It's around us everywhere. Do I have to wear a double mask? <laughs> Gloves? <laughs> yeah. Special clothing? No. I mean, it's just it's scary in some ways. It's like, this is, you know, this this is serious. This is not something that we just tap lightly with. You know, wear your mask, please. Wear your mask and wash them and clean them and get new ones and keep it sanitized so that you're protected. Correct? Instead of wearing a dirty mask, wear a clean mask. Do you agree with That's me? That's right. That? Keep those masks on. Yes, from spreading throughout the world. And, um, and I hope the other countries like South Africa and the other places get taken care of as, as well. Because, you know, there's people who have to come to the United States. You know, maybe the law will change too, um, Dean, on this one that to get, you know, to come here, they have to show that they had this shot. You know what I mean? It has to be within their passport. It, it could very well be. I've, I've heard different things being discussed uh, on that topic uh, about uh, vaccination passports or uh, separate identity cards that show that you've actually been vaccinated. Uh, I know there's pushback uh, on that, but, you know, it's it's definitely being talked about and could very well become a reality. Yeah, and I think probably this year because it makes me nervous when I know that they're coming here, which I don't mind, you know, they come for their families and business and stuff. and But still, a businessman in the first class can still get the virus. <laughs> Sorry. That's right. Because you're no different than the coach people or the those flying specials but yeah you can still get that virus you know and um but anyway this has been really good to talk about and um the normal i think it's going to be a very long time before we'll really be able to be normal i think it's going to be i mean it's going to be some changes you know happening but we still got to wear that mask you know and think of yourself think of being safe, going into the grocery store, going into a department store, going into the visit a friend. It's, it's just wear that mask and stay a little feet, a few feet away. You know, and especially going to church or synagogue or anything like that. Just stay a few feet away because it's going to be a while. It's, it's so sad, so sad this had to happen to us. But anyway, um, Dean, I would like to thank you for coming on the show. And any other questions you want to add, you know, or? I, I think that's it. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it You're... talking to you and talking to your listeners. Okay. Thank you so much. And for everybody out there, thank you so much for listening to the Kathy Lee Parker Show. Until then, have a great day. Bye-bye.